Welcome to the latest episode of Rulebooks and Roadmaps, our podcast to offer a crash course in different EU policy areas so that everyone can follow and take part in the debate. Barely a day goes by at the moment without crypto being in the news in a big way. But for those of us who've never traded a Bitcoin, let alone mined one, it can be tricky to get to grips with the nuts and bolts of what is preoccupying policymakers. What is going on out there in these new markets for crypto assets that have burst into existence over the past few years? And how are we supposed to map this universe of stable coins, crypto exchanges and the like? Above all, what do finance ministers, central bankers, MEPs and EU commissioners want to do about it? A reader of the financial press over the past few months would have noted everything from individual finance ministers talking about their determination to make their capitals hubs of crypto innovation, to warnings from the ECB about the threat this same innovation poses to financial stability, if not properly supervised and regulated. They would have also seen crypto trading linked to climate change, to concerns around sanctions enforcement in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and to debates around introducing a digital euro. If you're asking yourself some of these questions and want to understand this debate, then the aim of this podcast episode is to break down the barriers and help you to do exactly that. In short, to welcome you to the blossoming policy debate around crypto. Today's episode is in two parts and features a special guest, Philip Stafford of the Financial Times. Philip is the editor of the FT's Trading Room and has kindly agreed to join us to talk through the policy and political concerns around crypto. For part two, I'll be joined by my Fleischmann Hillard colleagues, Alex Tompkins and Juliette Le Drogu, both members of our digital transformation practice, to discuss the different policy actions the EU is now considering. So let's start by turning to Philip. Uh, so, Philip, thank you so much again for joining us on, on the podcast. Uh, I suppose a good place to start with all of this is just to, is just to explain to, to folks listening who um, have been wondering about this topic, but who you know, are not necessarily... Uh, people following it all the time like what what are we talking about here when we talk about different cryptocurrencies or or crypto assets um what what are these 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 financial assets or these instruments which which are which are out there and that we're hearing so much about these days and how how varied a a universe uh, is it uh thanks well thanks for having me on jim um the the simple answer to that uh, that question is is it's, it's digital money um, now, this I think is, is important to distinguish here that this this isn't ordinary the money that you know that you uh, your salary uh, that you things that you see digitally in your bank account uh, that you pay for with cards. This is uh, this is money that is is effectively native to the internet, uh, electronic coins, uh, which is is really what a a digital token is, uh, or it's a, a, a token that uh, represents a uh, a share of something, as, as in an, a, a, an ownership, part ownership of something. Um, and it, it also uh, refers to um, a digital ledger, a, a record book, uh, and that's effectively what uh, the blockchain is. And within that very, very simplified uh, uh, definition, uh, it, is a, it is an incredibly varied universe. Um, I think most people by now have probably heard of uh, the most uh, common uh, digital currency, which is known as Bitcoin, which is effectively just a, an electronic coin. Um, but there are other coins that do slightly different things. Maybe people have heard of uh, Ethereum. And then there are some uh, almost joke ones uh, that 
uh, called such as, as Dogecoin, which is named after effectively a dog. Um, but really, what, uh, when you when you start at totting them up, there are several thousand of these things. On the other hand, that there are uh, different uh, types of um, coins that are known as um, stable coins, which are uh, there to 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 help. Uh, uh, develop the market as a whole which is something we can go into later so within the, the, this, this this universe that there is a there is a, an incredibly broad range of uh of use cases for for digital um assets i haven't even touched on, on uh, non-fungible tokens as well which is another uh, aspect of it so just to pick up on this what what's my interest like why have these things taken off like what's my interest in buying a coin named after a dog or in uh, or in investing in, in in bitcoin for example or or tether or, or ethereum what's why why are people so interested in this well, no it's, it's a good question but let's let's really strip this back and, and maybe we'll let's, uh to, to to its origin and, and really it's it's really trying the whole area of cryptocurrencies. I think is trying to answer a central, a central question, which is that you know finance and, and money, and um, the, the money we use in payments, uh, is built on trust, and and that is supported by third parties, uh, you know things like that, banks and exchanges, and then ultimately uh, the it's backed by uh, governments as well. Uh, but now we have probably more computing power than we could ever conceive of uh, as, as human beings. And can computers, uh, through mass, actually replace that system of trust uh, and create an alternative payment system that doesn't rely on an alternative system of finance that doesn't rely on those central third parties? Do we now have that power to do that? So really, that, at the heart of it, it's a very profound question. And uh, that, so this actually came came to pass, and it was actually um, landed, actually right at the very heart of the, the 2008 financial crisis, the, uh, the genesis of this idea. This is, um, this is a white paper um, by, by, you probably heard of the, the, the name uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah, so this is the, 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 the legendary, uh, in, in all uh, words, creator author. of Bitcoin. Yeah, right. so uh, Sinan's author, who posited this, this, uh, this question of, of, could you actually create an alternative payment system that doesn't go through banks? And um, since then, it has actually uh, morphed in, into something quite, quite different to what we, uh, what we see now. Um, why is that? Well, there's a whole, th- whole series of reasons, and this brings us exactly to why people are interested now, I think. Um, first of all, when you think back to 2008 and what we've seen in the past decade on financial markets has been um, uh, the a very low interest rate policy, which has created a lot of cheap money. Um, it's led to asset inflation uh, in property, in technology stocks. A lot of that money has been taken by venture capital firms and invested, ploughed into uh, this um, this world of crypto. And what that has, has uh, you know, that has met people who are, who are genuinely interested in in this underlying philosophical question. You know, is is there is tremendous inefficiency in the banking system? Uh, is there a way to actually update that? And and so you've had the, the two things uh, come together with a lot of, of money, uh, the traditional money, and you know, that that's, that uh, every, every time for the past decade that that's. It's, Look like interest rates might rise. They haven't. They've gone down. They've gone down, and they even went down after after the the um, the the COVID 
um, uh, pandemic in March 2020. So it created this wall of money looking for that that's been willing to actually fund uh, quite innovative, risky, uh, and we call um, uh, completely off the wall projects. Um, and related to that, you know, also got a lot of people in the world who feel left behind by this by this system that that, that has grown up financially since two thousand and eight. Um, they've seen asset prices rise. They weren't part of it. They didn't have a chance to get on on the the uh, property ladder, for example. Um, a system that people feel you know that that eventually the banks got people into trouble. Central banks have have. Uh, have undertaken a, a policy that, that effectively bails, that was in, in their view, bails out the, the rich people. And so you, you've seen these asset prices rise in traditional markets. And somebody comes along and says, well, actually, there's a way to make an awful lot of money, millions, in a non-traditional uh, um, financial industry. There's something else here. This is an alternative. And, and so you, know, you, get a lot of, you get a lot of consumers also uh, attracted by that, um, I have to also, uh, you know, acknowledge that uh, social media has played a role in this, especially Twitter. It would be very hard to actually see um, uh, the, the whole crypto industry as, as, as having had the, the the growth trajectory it's had if it had taken place 15, 20 years ago. Um, and finally, uh, on on the back of uh, the that's related to all this. Um, you know, there's uh, there's growing institutional interest uh, from from the traditional uh, hedge funds, um, banks, people who are who, who you, might, you might call crypto curious. Uh, you know, who who see this asset classes, this asset class sort of uh, growing and the, the price and rising all the time, uh, and so you know that that is now beginning to intersect with with what you might call the traditional financial markets. And uh, and so you know, the, the, some of the, these very conservative names also just looking at uh, uh, you know maybe buying or owning some of these assets to a, a, a regulated mess. Well, actually, that, that awakens issues um, you know, about, about concerns about well, what's the financial stability implications for this if if this is now going to become enmeshed in the traditional market. Uh, and also, if there are so many people actually getting involved in this, well, are there consumer protections? Should there be consumer protections? And then finally, I, I think the other, um, uh, the, the final aspect of this, um, the markets, the, the, the world as it's been created, um, it, it's led uh, many authorities to wonder if they are actually would lose control of, of the money supply. Um, you a lot of, of all these, coin, uh, these these coins are created, and they're created uh, by private companies. So effectively, it's private money, and this isn't a uh, a, a new phenomenon. Um, effectively, money is created by banks, uh, but they 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 do and and um, e money providers, but they do have limits. They do uh, work within uh, within uh, constraints. Now, you know, crypto is effectively the creation of, of limitless private money. And, and, you know, there is the concern that, well, if, you know, if, where, where, does that, where does that go? And so you take all those factors together 
uh, there isn't one overriding one. You know, you've, you've got um, potential social uh, concern created by uh, change created by technology. You've got uh, a um, uh, you know asset prices uh, rise, asset price rises. Uh, you've got uh, consumer uh, disaffection, um, financial stability concerns, uh, worries about the you know, control of your money. And so regulators are now saying, and now looking at it in the question of, it's less should we do something. It's like we should do something, but I need to know. We now have to do something, and we need to know what it is we're doing. This is super interesting because just listening to you explain this, one of the things I take away from this is that well, okay, going back to to the origin, the origin story. Mm. So with Bitcoin. Bitcoin was conceived as an idea of, um, as you said, a new way of paying for things that mm. wasn't reliant on the traditional banking system. So it was it was a cryptocurrency as a means of exchange. Yeah. Yet a lot of what you, you described is people looking for investment opportunities. So that's that's basically treating these new instruments, these these cryptocurrencies, crypto assets, stable coins, as an investment opportunity because they expect the price to keep yes. rising. And so that's speculation, like on any other kind of financial market. So that would seem to be two quite different. Yes, uh, it, it's fascinating when you, when you go back to to the, the you know the, the original idea and how much it has changed. I think I used the word morphed earlier. Um, that's you know, in some ways, um, Bitcoin and and other crypt, uh, currencies, on their own terms, have been a failure because. Nobody can buy a coffee with it. You know, you you no more uh, use it to um, as a as a, as a way of, of store of value because the price does go up and down uh, quite quite dramatically. And but what instead it has become is is something that can be used as a um, that, that can you can use it for speculation and uh, increasingly you know actually it's 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 a way of of, um, of in today's market is actually also a way of funding other uh, activities within the crypto market. You know, if you have, if you want to 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 do other, uh, you know, uh, speculate on other assets, you might actually put Bitcoin down as your collateral. Right. So it, so and, and, and so what you, what you what you see right now is is, is not only just a lot of cheap money from you know that are created by central banks flipped into uh, cryptocurrencies uh, and then actually used uh, as leverage for other currencies. So it is inflating uh, a bubble. Yeah. And, and what regulation anyone trying to do here is, is, is look at uh, two things. One is, is to decide, well, if, if it is a bubble, will it just pop and, and should we just leave it? And can it pop without any infection of, of the, the traditional market? But equally, you know, they, they it, it's so broad and um, nuanced, you know, that it's, it's not an easy thing to say, it'll, it'll just go away. And the other thing they, they then decide, well, if we, if we do regulate it, how do we regulate it? Because it cannot easily be put into existing laws, because at the heart of, of all crypto is a simple question of, well, what is it? I mean, I, I described yeah. it as digital money, um, which is true. And equally, it, it, it's a, quite a, a superficial description. It's not a commodity. It's not a currency. It's both of those. It's more. It's collateral. Um, 
And so really the question that regulators now and, and authorities are asking themselves is, well, what is it? And you know, do we need, can it fit within existing laws? Uh, not, not just you know, securities laws, but anti-money laundering laws, tax laws. Um, if not, do we need to write our own? Right. And if we do, how do you make the laws strong enough that they are, um, they're tough enough and, and they're not actually just really a little more than a, than a soft massage? No, understood. Yeah. So, so basically the, the European Union is, is one of those authorities uh, at the moment sort of weighing how hard a massage or softer massage is, is required. Um, and and uh, just before we get into that then, just to, to quickly recap, so this is a, a varied and continually developing universe. We've got uh, crypto cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. Um, we've got stable coins, which in, in yeah. theory um, maintain a constant value measured against a, a traditional currency, a fiat currency. Um, we've got asset reference tokens, which is basically a representation of ownership of, of a virtual asset. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also, I'm, I'm sure listeners will be familiar with, with, with the fact that there's that there aren't just these types of crypto assets themselves. There's the sort of system behind them, um, which you mentioned, Philip, mm. uh, which is the blockchain, um, which is a, a basically a, a system uh, for recording transactions. And, and that's become a whole area of policymaking research in itself. Um, and then we've got uh, this, this broad area, which people refer to as decentralized finance or, or DeFi, which is something people may have heard of as well, um, which is basically the, the ability um, to offer financial services based around these different, these different crypto assets. It's, sure. it's, it's the, sure. uh, the, the, the realm of sort of offering financial services um, um, li linking back to, to all these crypto innovations. So we've got all these things going on. Now, I think for me, what it sort of feels like these past sort of just looking back the past few years you had you've had a lot of reporting for years now about about bitcoin uh, potential opportunities of bitcoin potential potential risks of bitcoin um then i think there was a lot of um coverage in in, in the media and a lot of policymaker interest um when facebook um, announced its intentions to to create a, a digital currency that was initially called Libra that then changed its name to, to DM um, as, as, as a project. Um, now it feels to me uh, as, as, as someone sort of, you know, looking at what's going on in the media, it, it feels to me as if crypto is popping up in all kinds of ways now. There's not even necessarily one overarching story. I mean, there might, there might be one day, but, but over the course of a month, you can see crypto pop up in, in financial media in, 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 a lot, in a lot of different ways. I mean, for example, to do with environmental concerns around, around Bitcoin mining. Um, we've seen, we've seen um, that, that really emerge as, as a political issue um, around um, Russia-Ukraine sanctions. There's been debates about the role of, role of crypto there coverage about that um, and also recently uh, there was the example of Terra USD, uh, a stable coin that um, actually didn't manage to hold it, its stable value against um, against the US dollar. Um, wh what's happening is this just representative of the fact that, the, the, that basically crypto is becoming uh, is a growing space basically and there's more and more things more and more things happening there or uh, what, 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 what what's driving the fact that it seems to be becoming more and more present in the debate about financial um, policy making? Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's only a, a very brief list. Of it. I mean, you could you could uh, double or treble that quite easily. Um, I think it comes back to uh, the point I was making earlier that that the that mixture of of the sheer intellectual interest, you know, that people are exploring what, what computers can do to to enhance and modernize the financial system, uh, is is also matching up with 
uh, you know, the amount of money that has, has gone into, into, into all sorts of, of interesting and, and quite unusual projects. I won't address them all, but you know, if, if you were to take a look at uh, a stable coin is, is, is one thing that, that uh, um, you, you brought up. Now, it, it, essentially, if you're not quite sure, I mean, effectively, it's, it's a digital currency that would be sort of pegged to a either a, a basket or a single asset that is, is recognized in the real world, such as uh, the dollar, the Facebook one was done, uh, would have been done against a basket of currencies, of, of, of uh, well-known currencies, which are supposed to offer it stability. But what uh, the stablecoin does is effectively forms a, a sort of a, a, um, a mechanism for liquidity in, in, in uh, the, the uh, crypto markets. Now, what I mean by that is, well, I described I described Bitcoin as, as kind of a mechanism for funding. You, you use Bitcoin to to uh, as, as the basis for for um, for collateral in another trading, or you know, and, and you would use it uh, as 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 a, um, a store of value if you wanted to do set something else up. But sometimes in financial markets, you just need a little bit of of juice, as it were, to to keep the thing going, uh, and people just need that, that, you know, juice just in, in the short term boosts here and there, and effectively, you know, will be kind of what a stable coin does because it, you don't have to keep tran uh, tr uh, transferring your money be between what you might call traditional currencies and and the. Uh, um, the crypto native ones keep everything in a crypto native currency so you can you can speed things up it, it makes things uh, faster to trade which is an important part of, of uh you know, just the uh for of a functioning financial market now the stable coin one is, is a particularly interesting uh topic because it, it really goes to the heart of, of you know um how much you actually want to to try and rely on the old financial system to piggyback and then piggyback on it uh, to, to the to the new one? Um, you mentioned the, the um, you know and and you know you know whether you 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 actually try and create something that goes back to that original ethos of standing apart from the financial system. You mentioned uh, um, uh, Terra. There. That that was actually an algorithmic stablecoin. That was. Um, the difference with that is it wasn't backed by any of these traditional currencies. The underlying philosophy was, well, if we want to create a, an alternative financial system, something that stands apart from what we had, then the computers have to be able to, uh, to monitor and to be able to, to bring everything into line by themselves. And that was a, a, an effort, failed one, to try and, and do that. So the and and you know the, the best known stablecoin is probably Tether, um, and that is of course you know much more uh, aligned to to that had and, and its assets that it has are um, are more traditional financial assets such as U.S. Treasuries. People still need that 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 peg to to to, to the traditional financial markets, and and but what what all this kind of points out is is that the breadth and depth of of crypto projects are is. Uh, it's so nuanced, whereas previously it might have been Bitcoin or nothing. The fact is that, you know, I've described, uh, not very well, but I've described, uh, uh, you know, also stable coins, uh, tokens. We haven't even got really, I haven't even really touched about non-fungible tokens, which are 
digital representations of things that are supposed to be unique and it would denote ownership if you could really do that which is a very open uh, debate right now uh, in, for, for, in, a, in a digital world um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think but, someone, someone tried to sell a tweet or sell sell a tweet. A, oh, a, people, yeah, people, tweet yeah, people, people selling selling these things all the time. Very warm. It, it shows that you know that as as more money has come in, um, you know, people are, are exploring a well. That, that in some ways it begins to mimic the traditional financial landscape you, you know, but in a digital world. But this is a is a landscape in which there are virtually no consumer protections. So, and you, you touched already on what could be driving various policymaker concerns and, and mm. interests in, in, this, in this area. And so one is, if you're a central bank, it's, well, hang on, we have the role as, as, as the central bank of preserving price stability, preserving mm. financial stability. And so um, the tools we have at our disposal to do that, are they affected, impacted, weakened if, if people are using cryptocurrency instead of traditional so-called fiat currencies? So you've got, you've got that, is what, that is one you mentioned. Um, there's also a broader financial stability concern. You know, to what extent are commercial banks or other actors in the financial system getting tied up with this? Um, what happens if one of these, if, one, if a crypto asset, cryptocurrency goes down? Um, it could be facing another financial crisis. Sort of another sort of question mark for policymakers that you mentioned. And you also mentioned a very strong consumer protection angle. Uh, retail investors are getting involved with this. People who perhaps haven't managed or haven't been able to have not had the possibility to um, buy other types of traditional assets. Um, and they're looking for a store of value and, and what might what might happen or, or even you know a, a, a speculative opportunity to, to to make a quick profit what might happen if, if that goes wrong and so what's what's the consumer protection sort of retail investor dimension to this um, those are all sort of I could see those as being obvious policy drivers in the European Union as, as well as in other jurisdictions um, looking at it from the European Union perspective they, they do seem to be some some very strong views emanating from from the European institutions about this. So um, Christine Lagarde, the president of the European Central Bank, recently saying that um, cryptocurrencies are essentially worthless because they're not backed by anything. Uh, the ECB's recent financial stability report highlighting crypto as as a growing financial financial stability threat, especially because of the links that link ups with the commercial bank banking system. Um, do you do you see that there is a growing push for for policy action? relating to crypto and is it all in the direction of of saying we need to contain this we need to regulate this or, or is is it more multifaceted than that uh I, th I think we're beyond the point of 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 asking you know uh you know do we need to do something i, th I think i think everybody uh, appreciates now that we do need to do something and th but th this is the well what do we do question is is becomes a a pinch point because there isn't the uh the certainty that actually we need to contain it. I, admittedly, there probably is, is a little bit of um, uh, eagerness to get ahead of, of things. Um, it could be argued that global regulators, you know, use is, is just as, as culpable as everyone else, were not, uh, they didn't really uh, see the financial crisis until it was too late. And nobody got in front of the big tech companies before they got so big and everyone starts fighting a rear guard action. This time, yes, crypto is, is getting big, um, but it's still relatively small. Uh, you know, and, and you know, it, it's a small part of the, the existing financial system. And you know, I think the regulators want, want to be able to, to, to say, well, actually we can, 
uh, uh, we create some sort of rails here, you know, and 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 there's some sort of system that allows us to 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 sort of steer it as as we want, so that that you know we don't end up fighting and and you know a, a, something that's already become very very big and and possibly too big. Uh, so the question then becomes, well, what what can you do? Because on the one hand, you know, there, there are concerns that you know that that's um, uh, you, you would you, that you would actually sort of bash down on 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 uh, innovation. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know. It's it's all very. You know. If if this world continues to grow if, if something comes out of it and you have tried to squash down on it well it's going to bypass you anyway mm. so you know and, and it'll it'll go uh, in, in a world where we can access pretty much anything from the internet anyway um trying to, to just ring fence it within the boundaries of the eu is is really not going to work uh, you know um technology is kept on and, and web pages are kept on on the cloud you know, in, in, on, on servers that can be moved around. You know, these they don't have the same physical location as things that, that we knew in the past. Um, and and so, you know, so in essence, you know, there's, there's, a, there's certainly a sense that well, if, if you don't want to to, dis, um, to crush down on, on innovation as well, because this might be the future. This might be the way that that, that uh, the finance and and society goes. And if it does, then you know that creates. Um, jobs and taxes and and all these things of the future so you know it, it it's quite a, a leap to say we're going to 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 put a lid on it and stop it entirely because you know as, as any parent will tell you that sometimes you know telling your child not to do something is, is is absolutely the guaranteed way to get them to do it yeah at the same time you know regulators will be careful that you know they uh it it doesn't go too far, a little bit like the, uh, the Disney film, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, where you, know, you go away and before you know it, um, all sorts has happened uh, in, uh, when you haven't been watching. So, the, you know, if, if you are in authority, wherever you are in the world, um, you're trying to balance that uh, desire to attract business to say, please come in, in the way. Uh, and and on, the, on the other hand, uh, you know, please behave responsibly it's 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 not an easy balance and um nobody wants to to, to be the the one to, to get it wrong so there's also a lot of reg regulators kind of looking at each other sometimes a little bit but they're also just trying to gauge where that the market is going themselves because it's still in its infancy it as we've touched on what bitcoin started out at what it's become Two different things and and you know i mean if you're trying to think another 10 years in the future well could it change again so you know there's, there's a lot of, of uh known unknowns yeah uh, from what my, my memories of the sorcerer's apprentice are a bit fuzzy but from what i remember even the mops that were meant to come in and sort out the mess end up creating more mess in the sorcerer's exactly apprentice. exactly it's it's a tricky one um but i think this, this touches on something which I think I've been wrestling with and, and trying to understand, which is um, that there is, you hear these kind of competing statements from policymakers. And I think mm. this is probably um, explained by, by what you've just set out that effectively, this isn't like after the great financial crisis where um, there were, there were culprits in terms of 
well, individuals, institutions and instruments. And so it meant after the financial crisis, people weren't turning around saying, hey, we really want to become a centre for subprime debt or we want to become a centre for securitization trading. Because they certainly weren't saying any of that yeah. straight away. Whereas with this, you do have this duality of um, of politicians such as French economy minister Bruno Le Maire saying that he wants Paris to be a, a centre for, for blockchain innovation and crypto. Uh, the European Commission has has a blockchain strategy, which is which is about trying to promote uh, innovation. Um, and so you have that in parallel with all these warnings from regulators that something needs to be done so that there's supervisory purview. And, and maybe the two things aren't even necessarily in conflict. I know I know the Commission tries to marry the two ideas, you know, the European Commission in Brussels, by yeah. talking about responsible innovation in this space, for example. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. If, uh, irresponsible innovation, yes. I mean, to say to some extent, there, there, there is a... Um, Tension here between what you know a, a politician, you know, up for for um, uh, you know for election, and probably not going to be around to see the, uh, the fruits of their of their their calls. You know, because this is a long term thing. Uh, you know, that on the one hand, you know, uh, trying to fling open the doors. On the other hand, you know, it's not the politicians who will be um, uh, responsible for the implementation. That lies with regulators, and you know. We've seen here in, in in the UK, but there are others, and in, in Europe as well, who who you say, well, hang on a minute, you know, this, we've got anti-money laundering rules, we've got um, uh, tax rules, you know, and we're the ones that, that will be the responsible for its implementation, and you know, you can usually bet your bottom dollar that, that you know. The, if everything goes wrong, the politicians will be the first one to point the finger. <laughs> so, you know, so you know, the, 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 this, uh, you know, that there's you know that you know what but i don't think that that is anything that that, that we, we probably haven't really seen before you know that, that that's uh um you know, there'll always be a sort of a, a certain amount of friction between you know the speed and and openness the politicians will want to go at and uh you know they'll see it in terms of, of competition and jobs and growth and tax revenues and the and, and a regulator who will see it in terms of all the things that can go wrong. Yeah, of course, such is, such is the nature of things. Philip, I just want to thank you so much again for coming on Rulebooks and Roadmaps and, ex and explaining all of this. This is in invaluable um, in helping all of us, including me, uh, understand what this policy debate is about. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.